What's Speaking the bears, of the bears, the, uh, the next topic I actually think would be fun to cover and uh, is I believe we are going to run through and we have images of all three of our players. So our three most interested or the players me and Dylan are most interested in watching next year. So we'll start with my my uh, third option, which you have on screen right here, um, and then we can do yours and we'll alternate uh, to the next, you know, until we reach all of ours. So. Yeah. Out of the three most interesting players on the Bears that I'm at least most interested to watch next year, this is one of the three, which is Jalen Johnson. The reason why I'm interested to watch it is last year he had a lot of flashes of looking like a very, very good corner in the league. The only issue that I have is, is that they are very quickly forcing him into a role as the number one corner on the team. And you know it's it's sudden and very quick and he had a little bit of battling with injury last year with his shoulder and was still developing and i think this year would have been a great year you know for him to actually develop healthy with an off season because they also had a weird off season last year because they were rookies you know during the quarantine and covid so it was a weird off season they didn't really get a full off season to work with the defense now you have, you know, Desai, because that's the other thing, too, is, is uh, as much as, I, you know, you love Chuck Pagano, the person, uh, his defensive scheme was lacking last year. And that was because he, he was on his, through. Yeah, he was on his way out. He retired. Yeah. So you get Sean Desai, who's a very young and upcoming guy who a lot of people said makes a lot of sense why he got the job, because he was going to be a guy that was going to get a job like that in the future. So it made a lot of sense. And the old players respect him and everything. So you get a guy who's going to be building this new offense or defense. It would have made sense for me to keep Kyle Fuller. I know he was a cap casualty. I get it. But keeping Kyle Fuller and allowing Jalen Johnson to still flourish in that second you know, role, giving him another year to me made more sense for his development. So the fact that they're throwing him in basically immediately now as the number one corner on the team, and he's very much the number one corner on the team. There's nobody that's going to move, make a move on that. It's Desmond Trufant's not going to make a move on that. Vildor's not making a move on that. Shelley's not making a move. Jalen Johnson is the number one corner on this team. So with him taking over that role and covering, you know, mostly the number one receivers on the team or being, you know, uh, led to believe that I'm curious to see how he's going to do in this defense how he's going to flourish, if his development's going to continue, if the role's going to be too big for him, or if he's going to be ready to jump into it. I feel like he, the reason why he's interesting to me is because I feel like he can make the jump. I just don't know if it'll happen as soon as people will hope. And then, you know, I, I don't want the pressure to be too much on him to start becoming basically that lockdown corner that Kyle Fuller was, especially when Kyle Fuller leaves and everybody's kind of shocked. And it made, you know, it made no sense to a lot of bears fans. Again, I get it. It was a cap casualty in a bad year, but still made not a lot of sense to a lot of bears fans who thought Kyle Fuller was still playing at a high level, which he was. So, you know, I don't know. It may, it's, it's interesting nonetheless to see whether or not he'll be able to jump in that role and start taking on kind of a leadership role um, in that secondary, as well as taking over again as the number one corner. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, it seems like he has the attitude going. I don't know. You've seen all this stuff. I didn't know he was like, I guess he was, I didn't know he started talking a lot on social media. That's yeah. where I started to see some of his videos from and everything. So that was kind of cool. I thought he was pretty quiet last year, not in play, but just like in terms of like hearing from him outside of the game. So 
I yeah, mean, he was he was, but I think that was more him being a rookie and you had vocal guys like Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller on that secondary already. So, you know, now you're asking him to basically take over Kyle Fuller's role. And that's why, you know, like I said, I think he's interesting because I think he can do it. I just don't know if the pressure is going to be too much or if he's going to be able to make the jump as quick as they would like him to. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And uh, let's see to my uh, one of my three players or whatever is uh, David Montgomery. Um, I, I mean, he, well, first of all, he kind of lit it up at the second half of the season. Um, especially even despite all the offensive line issues, the different combinations, crazy amount of injuries, he still, I'd have to pull up the exact numbers, of course, but, um, like his yards after catch were up, like his yards per rush were up. He was a good person to lean on in that second half of the season. And I don't see anything else except for him to get better with, um, starting out with a new healthy offensive line hopefully with some new induced talent. And also I think his receiving ability that he had to kind of get better at pretty quickly after Tariq Cohen went down, who would usually cover all that stuff. He was forced to kind of work on it. I'm sure he worked on it a lot in the off season as well, but I see him uh, absolutely being like a bell cow back, even despite all the running backs that they have in the room and they have a lot, but I think that he's going to be the guy to take that over. And he's also super, super fun to watch. I, his speed, apparently, he worked on a lot. I was looking yeah. at his offseason stuff, and I think he broke new uh, new records for his speed as well. That was pretty much one of the biggest complaints that I saw about him was his break. Um, what am I thinking? Um, not break, breakaway speed. Breakaway speed, yes. Um, yeah. Once he gets past everybody and just being able to stay past everybody, I think that that's going to get better. And just super hyped to watch He's the closest thing we've had uh to matt forte since matt forte so i hope that he becomes more of the receiver that forte was as well and then we're good to go yeah i think with him running behind offensive lines that at times you know i saw a tweet that i thought was hilarious which i think was uh <clears throat> brett coleman who uh um is a great youtube channel for anybody that loves football and wants to go check that out awesome breakdowns he had a tweet that was hilarious that was like um, him watching film on the Bears and him watching them just throw. I think it was like, I forget who it was. It was some, it was like Lacavius Simmons out there at like left, at like right guard against uh, Simmons and the Titans defensive line. And it was like, and then the Bears just being like, eh, we'll see what happens kind of thing. And it was like, yeah, that was how all of last year was. It was just at one point, Alex Bars played uh, center for the first time in his life and started a game. I'm pretty sure that's the same game against the Tennessee Titans. So like, it's just utter, just like the amount of offense line issues that we had last year was incredible. And Dave Montgomery definitely did not benefit from that and still shined. Like he still had some moments that you just go, wow, this guy's a really, you know, he's a top running back in the league. And I think he could be easily in the top 10 running backs in the league. Um, especially this year, I think we'll show it because I think you have a much more consistent offensive line. You're going to get better quarterback play because to be honest, Andy Dalton's probably even better than Trubisky. I feel way more confident than Andy Dalton stepping out there than Trubisky. So day yeah. one, when Andy Dalton's out there, I'll feel better about that. So you have better quarterback play. Uh, and then whenever Justin Fields inevitably takes over, which he's going to, you know, that'll be good quarterback play as well. And then on top of it, you have a more solid offensive line. You got more weapons at the wide receiver position that are going to kind of spread the defense out a little bit, um, makes them honor the pass a lot more than they have in the past thinks that opens up running lanes for your running back this one being dave montgomery of course being one of the better guys in the league 
and then him taking a jump at the speed yeah breakaway speed was part of the things that i've said in the past were kind of the only issue that he really had as a running back where his breakaway speeds and then kind of his quickness wasn't as you know impressive as you see in like a camara you know uh but you know still obviously very good and very you know serviceable in the league so it's good to see him work on that in the offseason and i hope that that has improved and if that has improved even a little bit he's going to be even better than he was last year which was already pretty solid so i'm excited for him for sure um the only thing i do worry is i wonder how many carries he'll get and whether he'll get enough touches to really shine but either way um, there's a I lot think, of talent yeah, in the running back room <laughs> like, yeah it's ridiculous that. we go from one year where dave montgomery is our only running back uh and then his backup is a wide receiver that we decided to try to make into a running back which was very unfair to cordell patterson <laughs> and cordell patterson did pretty well with the job despite literally not playing the position before so the fact that that happened is insane. And then literally in one off season you go to now we have David Montgomery. We have an X, you know, probably should have been the Super Bowl MVP. We know they were giving it to Patrick Mahomes, but he should have been the Super Bowl MVP and Damian Williams. And then you have Tariq Cohen coming back. Who's an electric threat outside the back, you know, out uh, outside the um, line and uh, as a wide receiver as well. And then you even have Khalil Herbert, who's another, you know, depth guy, special teamer, good return man who could develop into something similar to Tariq Cohen potentially. So you just have a lot of depth and weapons and guys that can step up immediately if needed. So that's my only worry is, is with that wide that running back room being as deep as it is and um, as effective as it can be, especially with Matt Nagy being familiar with uh, Damian Williams. I'm curious to see how many touches that uh, he'll actually get to shine through. So that's my only worry about that. Yeah, that was one of the, um, I don't know if you saw that as well. That was one of the things that people were potentially weighing is if Tariq Cohen's injury is bad, maybe Khalil Herbert was intended to be like a replacement option or, you know, a safety safety wheel or whatever, you um, safety valve that you want to cover with everything. Um, but he was also covered um, pretty well by Brett Coleman as well. He was very hyped about him. Um, I well, watched that part of it. It's better than I yeah, thought. Yeah. I think people that were saying that he was solely a replacement for Tariq Cohen uh, was are wrong because he Khalil Herbert does have a lot of talent and a lot of running ability as well as utilizing him in the passing game and run game, um, as well as even in the return game. It's just, uh, yes, he definitely, they were thinking, hey, we let, you know, Tariq Cohen went down last year and we literally had to have a wide receiver as, an, <laughs> as a running back because we had nothing else. So, yeah, that, of course, Khalil Herbert is a Tariq Cohen-esque replacement if needed. But he's also a guy who adds more depth to a running back room that we had absolutely none of last year. So that's part of the mindset going into it was why they drafted him. Yeah. And then, and then other drafted players. <laughs> you know, if Montgomery is going to shine, the offensive line has to be good. Now, the offensive line, they did an interesting thing, which was uh, they drafted Tevin Coleman, or Tevin Coleman. I keep saying Tevin Coleman. Tevin Jenkins. Jeez. They drafted Tevin Jenkins, who is traditionally a right tackle. He can play left tackle. He's played left tackle before. So it's one of those where he could do the position. My only thing is, is watching him in his film and just, I played offensive line, so I kind of understand at least a little bit of the mechanics and everything. He doesn't seem to get back very well in pass coverage. So that's the only worry that I have is him developing that. If he's able to develop that, he's going to be a great left tackle in the league for quite a while. Yeah. Um, 
because he's he's already a mauler on the run game. Uh, he was that way in college, and that's part of the reason why they brought him in is because if you've heard uh, Bears uh, writers and you know reporters talk about the Bears, they basically have said that if you ask around the league for a while, nobody was afraid of the offensive line for the Bears. Nobody was because they didn't have any maulers. They were more of a Soft. finesse, you know. <laughs> I mean, they weren't great, but they just were more of a finesse offensive line. I mean, your left tackle was Charles Leno, who's, uh, you know, he did very well at the job being a literally seventh round pick, but he was also six foot three and weighed 300 pounds. He was undersized. He should have been a guard, you know? So the fact that he did decently well out there, but you're not going to be, you know, you're not uh, being, you know, afraid of Charles Leno. You're not afraid of, you know, the way that James Daniels, he's a little bit more finesse as well. You're not afraid of him. Cody Whitehair, same thing. You're just like, there's just not a lot of that. So the fact that they got Tevin Jenkins is to make them more of an angry Mahler type of offensive line that's not afraid to bang down in the trenches, which will make other teams at least honor you a lot better. And, you know, you're more afraid of him in the run game. And so hopefully that helps David Montgomery shine like we just talked about. And I hope that the I hope he's able to make enough strides in the pass protection game that he can develop quickly enough to be a good serviceable left tackle this year and then develop into a really good left tackle moving forward to hopefully protect Justin Fields for a long time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's I like I said before on the podcast, it's interesting that they decided to go fully all in to. You know, Charles Leno's out. Let's bring in the rookie. He's going to be left tackle. Boom. I get it. Um, I mean, I get it for a lot of reasons. For the fact of, like, the caliber of player they believe they're getting in terms of Justin Fields as well being on there. And I just, it, to me, it was always in a question of, like, going with the safe option. But it's also the option you've known. You know what the cap is and everything. You're not going to get anything different out of Charles Leno. He's just going to get older. Um, so they just, they went all for it. I respect it. Um, usually I'm used to the bears doing the safe option, which would be to keep Charles on at least another year, but yeah. they feel like they had to tackle the future and they had to go out and get him, and they're going to pay him and play him. And then there you go. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm never, I don't think I'm going to sit down and say, despite any games that we're going to have this season, um, post game and be like, Oh, okay. You know what? He blew that, you know, he blew that block or whatever. If they had Charles Leno out there, he would have had it because I wouldn't feel confident enough that he would. And I don't think it's going to be only rookie um, experience. I think that they're, they're growing pains you have to go through. And you uh, might as well do that, hopefully, when Andy Dalton starts a few games. And you don't have to yep. really, you know, he knows how to adjust to that. If he's going to get a blown uh, blown assignment or anything, he's not he's not unfamiliar with that, especially with the Cowboys offensive line last year. So Well, and, and hopefully, at the very least, hopefully uh, Tevin Jenkins, uh, you know, maybe helps Andy Dalton up every once in a while. You know, that'd oh, yeah. be nice. Uh, you know, rather than the Cowboys just uh, leaving Andy Dalton, you know, dead <laughs> on the floor in the middle of the game. So, um, yeah, you know, there's that. But you know what definitely uh, helps uh, Tevin Jenkins is uh, going against a top tier, you know, number one rated pass rusher by PFF last year which is your next most interested player, Khalil Mack. Yeah, I thought this, I you made me second guess when I picked this out of my top three because I thought it was going to be like a boring pick. But, I mean, it might be, and, and it could be. But, I mean, I feel like there were so many times in the past two years that the defense didn't 
they didn't give up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they gave up, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard as a person um, who's fallible to not look at them and say like, okay, at some point they're gonna break down because they cannot rely upon the offense at all. Um, they're giving them nothing. They've done that multiple times. They had entire drives where you think they'd set them up to at least be competitive in the game, shut them out, you know, keep it to a field goal, whatever else. And then you just completely get left hanging every time after time after time. And I don't think this was really the case with Khalil Mack because I don't really think he's that type of person. I don't think he ever was giving up at any point. But just I think that his additional um, help being healthy this year to that defense, who's going to be with a new, renewed sense of confidence, I would hope, um, is going to be a big difference maker. And just seeing him uh, play, you could tell he was injured um, at the very least last year. There were definitely points uh, the year prior. And hopefully he's coming in healthy. The COVID season, like you said, very different. Hopefully he had extra time to heal up and rest up and everything. And he can actually, you know, not be on the field for, um, you know, top five, top ten uh, time in the league where the defense left hanging out in the field. And then he's going to be more effective when he is in. But like you said, even despite him being out there that long he and still being tired, he still came out as being, what, the number one rated uh, edge defender, you said as well. So, yeah, I mean, the sixth best rated player in the NFL, they rated him. Yeah. So he's only going to get better from there. Obviously, fan favorite. In some places, he was the only thing to root for when times in the season got really bad. But yeah, I am looking forward to that. I, that renewed sense of injection of him playing of when he came here in 2018, of being like, oh, okay, this is for real. We're going to do something great and we're going to do something really great now. Hopefully, there's a little bit more help on the offensive side and it's more of a like, okay, great, we're healthy and now we can go out there and maybe you can actually, you know, we can give us time to rest. You can go and score some points and keep us in games. Um, I just think he's going to be the cherry on top of that. I think him on top of the rest of the defense, just adjusting the same way I said, is going to be fun to watch. And you could have those type of highlight reels, like from 2018 that you watch now, and when he was a game changer, game wrecker, um, even more, because they'll actually be in competitive games. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. They won't be scores but uh, scores behind. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree fully. He was the number, like I said, he was the number one rated pass rusher last year by PFF. So it's not like he wasn't out there doing, you know, Khalil Mack things. It's just, he didn't have the numbers and the offense, quite frankly, to, uh, you know, basically kind of allow him to show out. And so it's one of those where, yeah, of course, you don't want to say that the defense gave up, like you said, but there was plenty of times where you were watching and you just go, man, I feel bad for the defense. Like, and they know that they absolutely have nobody you know, out there helping them out on offense and that basically they have to try to win the game almost as a defense, which yep. is ridiculous and crazy and asking way too much. So this year you should get, you know, plenty better quarterback uh, play, which should elevate that whole offense. And hopefully when Justin Fields, like I said, takes over, that ignites the defense to kind of, you know, now they got a guy that they believe in and, you know, can win them games on his own. So that'll be fantastic. Yeah. And I'm really excited for this because this was an you stole one of mine straight off the bat. This is something yep. I definitely should have gone to, of course. But Darnell yeah, Mooney. Yeah, and it's Darnell Mooney, the the wide receiver from the fifth round that the Bears traded up to get uh, because they wanted to get speed on the wide receiving core last year. And the one of the last guys to come off the board that had that kind of speed was Darnell Mooney. 
um, out of Tulane. So they were able to pick him up in the fifth round. And my God, this man, he, to me, he played like a young Emmanuel Sanders is what I, I've always said about him because his attention to detail, his route running ability and his cuts and just little facets that he picked up, you know, he just grew and learned so quickly in a league that is just you know punishes you for making rookie mistakes and he didn't and I, there's the play where he made Jalen Ramsey just look like a fool which was insane and just gives you so much hope because it's one of those where yeah he's he is an unbelievably talented receiver who will go up and get the ball and then he also is one of the faster receivers in the league who can just run away from you if you leave him out in the open and the amount of deep throws that he was getting overthrown last year, where you know that those are most likely going to connect when Justin Fields takes over, or at least you hope they will. Um, it's just going to open up so many different avenues for this offense. And gentlemen, he's going to be a big part of that. Now, the only thing is, is I've heard people stress that, Hey, we all thought this about Anthony Miller. And then Anthony Miller, the second year came out and disappeared. <clears throat> I fully understand that. The only thing that I will say to that is that, in my opinion, Darnell Mooney has a much better attention to detail and route running um, attention, as well as getting up and going to get the ball. And he seems to be a little more sure handed than even Anthony Miller was the first year. So the what I will say is I think that Anthony Miller is not the example here to follow. I think Darnell Mooney is more on the track, like I said, of an Emmanuel Sanders where his speed and route running ability is what's going to take him over the top, despite being kind of an undersized wide receiver at 5'10". Um, now, of course, people are worried about injury, and you know that's obviously a fear when the guy is smaller like that. But I think he'll be fine, because I think that he's developing to be much more than just a speedster or much more than just the guy who can go up across the middle of the field. He's the type of guy who you can trust to run intricate routes uh, or run routes in important situations where he can take advantage of a defense and even you know veteran defensive backs that are some of the best in the league, if not the best in the league, in guys like Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, Anthony Miller. I mean, even like in his rookie year, I don't. He wasn't on the same level as that. Like you didn't have a bunch of mm. highlight clips of him running routes and stuff perfectly because normally he didn't know which route he, route he was running. Like he was an athletic talent and everything, obviously, but. I mean, you didn't you didn't have like the, you know, the hours and hours of footage and stuff of him running routes in the NFL that were precise. And then, you know, the biggest issue was him not being able to connect on those routes. And we've gone over that before and not being able to get the ball, obviously. But, yeah, he seems like a different beast um, entirely for that, from my point of view. But um, I called an audible on mine as well. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> one thing I will say to transition here. Uh, it will definitely help Darnell Mooney that he's been learning this entire offseason by one of the most underrated offensive weapons and wide receivers in the league, which is your number one most interested player to watch this year, Allen Roberts. Yeah, and I, I again, I, I did call an audible on this one because um, I was also thinking on defensive side, but then you got me thinking about Mooney. Um, I am surprised and really happy with the way that uh, uh, Allen Robinson seems to have bought in. You could obviously take 
the more uh, stalwart route of pretty much like being like, okay, I'm on a franchise tag. I don't have to show up for some of these workouts. I don't have to put in the extra work and do all these extra things. But he has. He's been at all those. He's been working, Which, like you said. By the way, to interject real quick, I don't think anybody in Chicago would blame him one bit for oh, yeah. not being a team player when the team's literally been just not wanting him to give him an extra million or two every single, you know, moment during this last year so just wanted to interject real quick yeah nobody would blame on robinson if he didn't show up on time or skipped or was pissed off about his contract but yeah he's being a team player and i get why he's on your list yeah which is i mean that's that's what i was thinking he was gonna do and yeah as like a, a bears fan i'd be like oh i want to be out there and practice and everything but like as a person like fan of people I would definitely support his decision to, you know, push back on that and the contract and everything. But no, he he did spend the extra time. He is out there. He looks to be completely all in with everybody. Um, I think it goes without saying, because again, we've said this before too, but the best quarterback he's ever played with in his career, um, well, out the gate, it'll be Andy Dalton. Um, and then hopefully yeah, it'll be Justin Fields by, yeah, by like leagues. I, I You know, we all hope for that. But yeah, I, I could see why he would decide to show up. Obviously, he has a lot to look forward to and a lot to work um, forward. So maybe that's why he's a little bit more um, forgiving in terms of uh, how he's like treating the rest of the team and showing up and everything. But yeah, I mean, he's always been the person to go up and get the ball. Obviously, he's been like a very uh, a pretty decent jump ball receiver and fighting for the ball in the air and now you got mooney you know obviously going to be cutting routes underneath and then you got some other promising um receivers you know to fill in it uh wide receiver three anything else that's going to come up but yeah he's going to have a lot to look forward to i think he's in the same mindset as literally everyone else which is like okay okay i get to play with andy dalton eventually justin fields like this is going to be a huge thing i'm going to be able to show up for my franchise tag and you know rack up numbers and eventually lock that big contract in which i don't know i was on the fence obviously before the justin fields pick i am of the mindset that i think he especially if justin fields turns out to be as good as we think he is he will stay i absolutely thought there was no chance in hell he was going to play and stay here after the franchise tag if he was going to get franchised but I'm more optimistic now that they're going to transfer to the more uh, like the league centric model of, okay, we have a rookie quarterback. Hopefully he was very good and we're going to put a bunch of money into players around him and everything. And we could just, you know, take that rookie contract and run with all that cap space. So I actually think he's going to stay now. I didn't think he was, I really thought he was gone, especially after the last year, but I really think he's going to stick around and he's optimistic um, just like we all are. Yeah, I my only fear as far as him sticking around is really just dependent on how they do this year because I feel like if him and you know uh him and Justin are just a one two punch that's insane and they're awesome and they play the whole season super well and it looks like obviously he's their you know he's the favorite target then I get it. My only problem with uh the actual you know it's game itself and everything is that uh i just don't know if they don't succeed as well as they could if that'll affect whether or not he decides to go elsewhere or the bears don't want to pay him because that's the problem too is, is i can see the bears just being like no i don't need to pay him kind of thing and then they end up not paying him which is you know unfortunate and ridiculous um but and Mooney like would i take said over is like they're wide out i mean like that's well, what I mean. It doesn't. 
it doesn't make sense, but I also, it's the Bears, and so who knows <laughs> whether they're going to be willing to pay him. That's right. my only problem. So, yeah, I I, like I said, he deserves to stay. I mean, he's got one of the best catch rates when double covered. He's got one of the uh, best, uh, just, I don't know, catch, like, I, I catch radiuses, I should say, in general yeah. as well. He's one of the most reliable receivers. He runs Football every IQ. route super well. Don't forget about the Denver Football Broncos IQ. game. Yeah, his football IQ is off the charts. His, I mean, just everything. He's just one of the, he's the epitome of a number one receiver in the league. And he's very much in the top, in my opinion, he should be close to the top five, if not in the top five, uh, because he has done exceptionally well with absolutely nothing. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to him actually having quarterbacks that can throw them the ball well. But just and just to point out how great, that's my favorite play probably maybe of his career um, other than the, um, the almost uh, touchdown catch he had in the Eagles game, but when he uh, he caught the ball and specifically ran into like the leg of the defender uh, for the Broncos to you know put him down to save that yeah. one second on the clock, whatever it was, maybe it was two. Oh, yeah, ridiculous. No, it was one second. There was one second left on the clock <laughs> when he did that. Ridiculous um, football IQ to do that and to know what to do in that situation was awesome. Yep, so, he yeah. positioned it like literally dead center in the field, fell down got himself tackled basically by like you said running into the guy's leg it was one of the clutchest <laughs> moments you know that you could have in a receiver uh to set up an incredible game winning field by Eddie Pinero. so uh yeah I, I hope that he stays and I hope that we pay him because my god pay the give the man like a four or five year contract for the love of god yeah keep him through here through his best years